Well, good morning, Berkshires. How are you today? Happy spring! It's 11 a.m. here at WBCRLP 97.7 FM. Great Barrington, your Berkshire community radio. We're also streaming live, as you know, on the internet, www.berkshireradio.org. Find that live stream right there. And um, so, yes, it's your host. I'm your host. It's uh, Sharita Starr, and we're here for another edition of What's Your Sign? I have your number. And I've got a great guest for you today, Mr. Astrologer Anthony S. Pico is joining me uh, via Skype, and we're going to be diving into how to rejoice under retrograde. So don't go anywhere, don't change your dial, and don't move that live stream, because we're about to tell you what's going on. <laughs> Lost in the beauty of the sky, breathing the moon, the colors of a rainbow shed too soon. Firefly, flicker, smile, shine like the sun. If life's about the journey, the miles first day of spring everyone this is it even though we've kind of you know been the winter that never was anyway <laughs> here we are in spring <laughs> it's official we're at a uh, zero degrees airy sun today just popped in early early this morning uh, in the wee hours so uh, it's here and uh, we've already been feeling like spring was here Pisces did a really great job of m mutating that weather up a little bit and we've really had quite the um, you know uh, the lovely temperatures here at least here over in the northeast I know and I think other parts of the the country are, are quite happy with with the weather lately um, and yes, so we're at the zero degrees. We're at that tipping point of, um, you know, we're at the very beginning of the Zodiac today. Um, I think it's also like International Astrology Day. So happy, happy International Astrology Day to all the astrologers out there. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. Um, and it's, uh, we're under this Mercury retrograde too. And, and we're going to, we're going to bring on my wonderful guest in, in a few minutes. And we're going to dive into not only what Mercury retrograde is doing right now, but what Mars and Saturn and the upcoming Venus is going to be uh, having in store for us. But um, yeah, so so exciting. It's the 20th of, of March. And of course, you know, I love the 20. Uh, because sometimes, you know, spring will get here on the 21st. Sometimes it gets here on the 22nd. It always depends. And um, but this year we have it on the 20, 20th. And uh, how exciting because uh, the 20th is is a number that's ruled by the moon. It, it's um, the understanding by the Chaldeans of the awakening. And uh, it's, it's just that there's this bloom in life. And I, I love the alignment today. And I love that my show fell today on uh, the first day of spring. This is this is also auspicious. Uh, I, I like that. And um, so the oh, there's like a grand awakening today. I, I think spring is here in, in such a splendor in a way that it hasn't been this way in a couple, few years. Um, we've always been dealing with these like mercs of winter. And uh, we're, we're all, the universe is giving us a big treat. Um, 
um, as far as I'm concerned, at least over here in, in uh, the, the Northeast. And we're, we're excited about that. And uh, we're also under a, we're finishing up the very, very tail end of a waning moon. Uh, the moon is currently in Pisces today, um, just before two, will be Thursday, um, early in the morning, our moon will go into to Aries, and that will uh, catch up with the second degree um, by about 10.37 in the morning. So we're going to have our first new moon of spring. Um, of course, when a new moon starts, that means that the moon and the sun are conjunct, and uh, you can't see that moon and because the moon is right next to the sun. That's why you can't see it. <laughs> and of course, every time we have a full moon, it's when it's completely opposite sign. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And um, even though it's going to be a new moon, you always want to be careful of real forward future things uh, that you initiate still under the Mercury retrograde, which is going to be happening throughout the 4th of April. So just be a little cautious. But it's great that we have a waning, uh, waxing phase coming up. Um, so... What, uh, you know, t take it away today still in, um, in Pisces, you know, to look to the Pisces area of your life, find out, you know, where you can dive into a little sympathetic energies. Uh, they're very strong under Pisces this way. And, um, you know, it's, it's a time to, if there's, that's another thing about, about the calendar date today too, uh, that goes really nicely with a Pisces moon is, um, it's this very sentimental energy that that's around us today. Um, if there's a cause, if there's a charity, um, if, if there's a way that you can lend a hand to a little bit of suffering that you may see around you or to someone that needs a little boost, needs a little lift, give them a little positive hello and a little, little hand, reach out, um, reach out for something like that today. Cause it's really just, it's, it's fantastic to do things like that. And without further ado, um, we're just going to dive right in uh, to this whole topic of um, rejoicing under retrograde. And, you know, all of our planets do this. Not every single planet that we study in astrology does this, what we call retrograde. It they go backwards from time to time. And it's really the universe's offering to us for reflection in whatever area of life that's that's going through, what's it doing, and uh, what sign is is it in so on and so forth and, and what does it mean to your chart and what does it mean to the collective but a lot of people who don't know that retrograde is happening react to the chaos that it can create um, and it's always about the response versus the reaction under retrogrades so um, my very special guest today is Anthony S. Pico, astrologer. And um, he has this wonderful thing. Um, I, I love this quote of his. I'm going to read it. Um, and it's in regards to blaming planets, because we always love to blame the planets under retrograde, but we can't really do that. <laughs> so, quote, and another myth about astrology is busted. Planets don't make you do anything. They are symbols and indicators, not the source of the trait or quality in you. Your astrological birth chart only represents what is our Already inside of you. You came first, your chart came afterwards. Human beings existed for centuries before astrology was codified. The point I am making, astrology is a system, not a cause. And opting out of responsibility is not the best way to use that system. Even two people born at the exact same time, in the same hospital, in the same year, will be still be different because they will make choices. If the planets and signs actually forced you to behave in a certain way, those two people would become clones, now wouldn't they? Unquote. Anthony S. Pico has been practicing Western tropical astrology since 1986 with hundreds of satisfied clients to his credit. Although he has dabbled in various forms and methods of astrology, he is essentially a meat-and-potatoes astrologer, relying on the traditional tried-and-true. He teaches beginners, uh, was part of an astrology discussion on the panel of BCA-TV, Brooklyn Cable Access, and is regularly on Blog Talk Radio's Angels and Warriors station with Don Tevi, although the show is temporarily on hiatus. And I am so thrilled, as always, to bring Anthony back to the show. Good morning, Anthony. You always come under Mercury retrograde. Yeah. You're my tried and true retrograde guest. <laughs> show years ago was about Venus retrograde. So that's right. That's I right. Guess that set the tone. It, it yeah. did. And you know, for some reason, every time I have you back, it goes well under retrograde. So it's like, 
I, I got a great formula here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll pop in whenever Mercury's retrograde. Um, well, so, it's, it's been an interesting, you know, retrograde period. Actually, I, uh, I'm i one of those people that sometimes say retrograde, what difference does it make? You should just do what you want to do. But I got caught last week. Um, <laughs> I was going out to Brooklyn and I went to Google Maps and I drew a little map because I'd never been to this place before and I charted everything out. And then I got off the subway and walked the opposite direction for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I'll beat this Mercury right now. I'll beat him. <laughs> so uh, I got myself. Uh, you know, that's just what he does. He he yes. takes away our, you know, when the planet and, and Mercury, and now we've got, well, we're going to get into all the other planet retrogrades too that are currently going on. But, you know, Mercury is the planet that governs movement, travel, communications, thinking, mentality, uh, the way we speak, write, whatever we do. So when that guy up there is going backwards, it's kind of like he's got blinders on and he can't even see where he's going. So this is where the effect as above comes down here below and we all get tricked by it because Mercury is also known as the trickster. Um, And he throws his tricks out to us more often than not under the Mercury retrograde, it's like human error is highest. Uh, you don't want to sign anything, you know, really important for the future because it's going to get caught up in some kind of glitch. And it doesn't mean that the world stops, but there's just different ways that we're meant to reap reward, as I always say, um, you know, under the passage. And it's it's about sticking to the REs because you end up redoing everything. That's what it's like. That's part of it. And what did you do? You, you redid your 20 minutes yes, <laughs> going exactly. backwards. A great symbolism of it. Uh, the last time, the last inaugural day, uh, Obama was the, when he was inaugurated and took his oath of office. Mercury went retrograde that day, and uh, uh, well, that he, explains a lot. <laughs> well, not just that. He took the oath of office twice because the first time they did it, they messed up some sort of protocol. Oh, that's wow! Oh, yes, so I they remember did it that. The second time, quietly to make sure it was like officially done. And that's, <laughs> Yeah. That's typical Mercury retrograde. Yep. But, you yeah. know, one of the interesting things, since you mentioned that I don't I don't believe in blaming the planets. That's right. I, I think there's a nice metaphysical statement that all of us, on some level as a human society, agree that every now and then we have to back up a little bit. Yes. Pause, maybe make ourselves a little more humble because we're 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 certain we're gonna do something and the next thing you know you're walking twenty minutes in the wrong direction, you know. So I think there's an interesting metaphysical statement about us as a society and people that we need backup time yeah we need time to be humbled we need time to just sit back and re-examine mm-hmm. and, uh, that's exact you know the universe sets it up wonderfully for us uh, it's just that the average person out there doesn't follow astrology uh you know it's not as it's becoming so much more mainstream than it ever was but i mean you know years ago eons ago i should say um you know it was highly regarded and nobody did anything without consulting what those planets were doing up there because they knew it had an effect down here. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to like go hide in a closet for the three weeks that Mercury is retrograde, but you just want to be a little bit more mindful about your choices under that time. And it's sort of, I look at it sort of like a weather forecast. Exactly. Somebody's going to tell you it's raining tomorrow. It doesn't mean lock the doors and don't go out. Right. It means get the umbrella, get the galoshes, get the raincoat, and plan accordingly. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's all it is. You know, a lot of people, they get so, oh, my God, it's another Mercury retrograde. Oh, God. And, 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 they, and that energy of that stress immediately is going to start to attract what they don't want to themselves, which is why I've come up with the rejoicing under retrograde because knowing that we all naturally, I I think they even say that Mercury retrogrades as often as we sleep. Like like if you look at the, how many times it retrogrades throughout the year, because it does it, Mercury does it the most often out of any of them. And it's, and if you add it up, the amount of time that Mercury retrogrades in a calendar year, it is the same amount of time that we actually physically sleep or are supposed to be physically sleeping. And, and so that in and of itself is like, okay, here's, here's your, the universe says, Hey people down there below, I'm, I'm giving you this time to, you know, I'm going to let you go forward for a few, a couple months, and then we're going to take some time to reassess. It's natural. This is a natural thing because you can't keep going and accumulating and acquiring and moving forward without taking a step back and saying, Hey, 
let's review a little bit. Maybe this didn't work right. Maybe this this is, you know, and reconnecting. I, I love what I love most about Mercury Retrograde. You always end up randomly, and I don't think it's random. It's just you attract things from the past. You reconnect with things that, you know, you haven't seen in a while or people. Um, you may go back to old, you know, something older in your life that, you know, you might have forgotten about. And they all always say, like, if, if you've got creative uh, adventures on the back burner that you, you know, projects or what have you, it's a great time to revisit all of that and, and just see what's going on there because you can find the redos and it's easy to redo under Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, this, this is actually even more important. Um, I mean, Mercury Retrograde happens three times a year, but Mars and Venus... The three planets that affect us most directly in day-to-day life when they go retro are Mercury, Mars, and Venus. The the outer planets spend half the year in retro where they move slowly, and we're not going to sweat them today. But Mercury does it three times a year, but actually what's much more telling in some ways is when Mars goes retro, which only happens every two years, and we are in the middle of that right now. (laughs) A very intense one because it started... um, the Gen- retrograde started January 23rd. 23rd. Yeah. We'll end on April 14th, mm-hmm. and it's Mars in Virgo. Yeah. And Mars in Virgo <laughs> is a very fussy, fussy time. Ooh. How you take action. Mars is how you take action, how you work, your physicality, uh, burns, um, cuts, and it's about how you work, and Virgo is fussy, and it's amazing how many people have told me in January onwards they're cleaning their apartment out. They're digging out all the crap they ordered. They, they've been keeping for reasons. They have no idea why. They're sorting through stuff. It's so Virgo oriented. It's mm-hmm. like, let's go back with Re into all this crap we have piled up somewhere, sort it out. And like, and Virgo is excellent for sorting. And oh keeping. yeah, Virgo loves. You know, it's so funny. Virgo isn't an organized sign, but Virgo loves order. I mean, you know, it's so fussy because it, you know, it knows how to align the details. Even though it's the, it's, it is a communicator sign. But it, it, what, what I love is that it loves to move the order around. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it, it certainly likes to judge. You know, I always, um, you know, the symbol, the symbol of Virgo, the Virgin is is not about, you know, inexperience in that sense of a virgin. That's but it's right. about purity. Mm-hmm. And so Virgo is always dedicated to perfecting things and to making them more pure. So they will go through that, that Virgo energy. We will go through your crap, your stack of crap, and you will very carefully pick out only the good stuff to keep and get rid of all the garbage. And a lot of people are using, I find in my circles, a lot of people are using this energy to take stock of where they've been going going being a key Mars thing. Where are you going? What are you doing? What actions are you taking mm-hmm. and moving forward? I will say it's not, it's a mixed sign for job hunting. I do find when uh, Mars is retro, uh, job hunting is kind of funny. The jobs people get are often jobs that, well, they were almost hired and they didn't get it, but then the person that, that was hired didn't work out. So now they're, they're back in. Or else they apply for two jobs and they got one, but that fell through, and then the second one came through. Mm-hmm. It's always just kind of because Mars is how we work. It's not yeah. a career, but no. it's how we accomplish the work when we're in our job, whatever that job is. Yeah, it's how we are of service. Any way that we can be of service to the world. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And yeah. Virgo, which is all about service. Yeah. Yeah. How can I help you? Is is the Virgo isms? You know, how can I be of help? And you know, it's interesting too. What I've noticed with Mars being that you know he is, of course, the planet of action, drive, make you motivated to do anything. When I, you know, I had said to so many people. But when this transit started, I said, you know, you've also, just like it is when Mercury is retrograde, when Mars is retrograde, you got to slow down too, because Mars causes, you know, conflict. It causes penetration. It causes odd things. And one of the things that I have been hearing since the January uh, it started is people moving too fast, having some accident, you know, tripping themselves up, uh, broken limbs, or if it was fatal enough for death to occur, all because of careless, preventable things that if the person just slowed down a little bit and took a little bit of pause, a little bit of patience, it could have all been avoided. Um, so I, I definitely, we've got a couple more weeks of the Mars retrograde and, and, and especially coupled with the Mercury, I said, oh my God, you got all, everybody has to really yeah. slow down. <laughs> like it's just, 
take count to three and see what the difference that that makes. You know, when people want to fly off the handle sometimes in that react, if you just took, you know, the three minutes, uh, the, the three seconds of one, two, three, and then go, you get such a different response. Um, it, it's, it's incredible. Particularly just date wise. Um, Mercury will be retrograde till April 3rd. Mars continues to the 14th. So yeah. in particular, I would say be careful till April 3rd. Mm-hmm. Because that's when they're both in, um, in, a, in retro action. We're both in retro. Yeah, they're both still in retro action. I, I will say with the, which I said earlier, with, you know, with the new moon coming on uh, Thursday that, you know, you, you, you are back in the gathering you know, there are things that want to come out anew, but because that uh, new moon is going to kick off like two degrees off of Mercury retrograde before it tips back into Pisces, um, you're definitely going to see things want to come, but you want to be very cautious about what you're like signing into being and so on and so forth, only because you just don't want to miss something there. <laughs> but, but good uses again for, for Mars, I mean, Mars retrograde in particular, uh, I just funny thing is I didn't plan this, but uh, two weeks ago I ended up repainting the kitchen floor. Uh-huh. It had gotten out of shape. And I didn't think to myself, oh, it's Mars retrograde. It's time to redo something. Right. But there I was in the middle of painting the floor. I'm like, oh, right, of course. This is why I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, you know, when you look to, I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, and it depends on your sign, um, you know, like for those who are a Virgo or have a Virgo ascendant, you're, you're really under this huge reassessment of, you know, your I am in the world, you know, how people are seeing you, the way you take on your first impressions, what are your approaches like? Um, I see a lot of Virgos and Virgo ascendants going through that review, you know, that revamping process in that area of their life. You know, if you're a Leo, you're going to do it in your house of values and your earning power. You're really thinking about what are different ways to do that. Um, do we want to keep going around the wheel? And, uh, well, one thing just, you know, I want to mention a particular generation because, uh, in the early 60s, we're talking anybody born like roughly 63, 64, 65, mm. 66, maybe even up to 67. Uranus and Pluto were conjunct in Virgo. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, so, so this is a heavy thing for them, yes, too. I'm guessing anybody with that, roughly that birthday, so they're going to be anywhere from, I guess, 48 down to about 42 or so. Uh, you may find, uh, as Mars retros back over this Uranus-Pluto conjunction in your natal chart, you depending upon where it is in your natal chart, it could really kind of blow some things up for you in the sense that there'll be some sudden rapid changes. Mm. They'll probably be connected to uh, some sort of transformation or serious growth and evolution that you need to do. But it could also involve that growth being forced upon you because it's Mars on Pluto. and, and But it is a perfecting thing. I think if you roll right. with what happens because it is in Virgo, any events that occur that will occur with Mars retro on that Uranus and Pluto conjunct in Virgo will ultimately be beneficial if you roll with it and understand the nature behind it, you know, that it is there to perfect and to improve. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, even, uh, you know, in the tragedy of how death does appear, uh, you know, because Mars, Mars retrograde will create very quick fast death it doesn't you know it, it doesn't linger let's put it that way for certain people yes yeah and, and depending on yeah how, how it falls and even in the lesson of what that death does to the people that are left behind is is there for a reason as well um you know, everybody signs up to experience the whole collective thing and under times like this this is when stuff like this comes out and, you know, in, in pretty intense ways. And even, you know, people that do go through an intense thing, like, like, you know, someone passing suddenly or unexpectedly, um, their life is there as the teacher and they're okay with that because they chose it. And, um, you, you know, the people that are here, um, you know, knowing that they, that they're okay over there, you know, no matter what, um, that's what it's part and it's all part of the growth process um death always brings rebirth you know even if it's the most painful thing you you could ever think you're experiencing that is part of the the, that's the sudden change that comes on people i mean i have seen that a lot in the last you know few months it's been it's been pretty interesting um in that way so yeah 
So a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, it uh, creates some, you can force some things. I, yeah, I like that, that, that conjunct point, yeah, of those, yeah, Uranus and Pluto there. That's, um, that's, a, that's an interesting combination to have in your charts. <laughs> this is slightly off topic, but uh, the retro topic. But Hey, you know. <laughs> but I, I do find Pluto, Pluto entered about four years ago, entered Capricorn. Mm. And in a few years, I'm guessing two or three, depending upon where this particular 60s gener- born in the 60s generation is, that Pluto in Capricorn is going to be trying all that Virgo. Right. And so I'm wondering, I'm curious to see what that particular generation of period of time people born will be doing with that because yeah, you know, we're coming to a point in, in, I think, history at this where, where some sort of healing and shift and change is absolutely necessary and occurring. Yeah. And uh, the planets have indicated that just since 2008, um, Pluto and Neptune and Uranus have all moved into new signs almost within you know a couple of years of each other, which is unusual. So there's been a big shakeup there. And uh, speak to enough new age people and you'll hear them talk about the shift with a capital T and a capital S as if we're reaching a point where society needs to change basic formats. And we're certainly entering that kind of a time period. Mm. So I'd be curious to see what, you know, Pluto and Capricorn about practical transformation, working harmoniously with these people with their Uranus and Pluto and Virgo might do. Uh, over the next 10 years, roughly, uh, as they... they yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that they're going to be part of the, the plan that, um, you know, truly will bring that natural feel back to... It's, to me, this the shift, whatever it is that's going on. Um, it, it's about getting back to practicality uh, means of not doing anything in excess, uh, doing things with more spiritual minded, not doing things from a greed standpoint, not doing things from a, a, a sense of lack and uh, knowing that there's enough out there for everybody to share and, and be feel abundance in, but a different sense of abundance that we're not creating waste. Because I think uh, so much of, of, of what the, the society has created is, they've created such fear. You know, the media just, just keeps plugging the fear uh, to no end. And the, the way that we have, we have this disposable society, like everything we create, it's meant to be thrown away. Well, we can't keep doing that. And I think that's a strong thing about the Pluto and Capricorn is that the Pluto and Capricorn is saying, hey, let's go back. And you know, because you are a Capricorn and you, you practice the tried and true, that's where we're going. That's what the Pluto is there trying to transform for everybody right now is like, let's get back to simple means. Like the simple is better. It's Murder. Um, it doesn't mean it's any less. <laughs> yeah, it's true, and, and uh, it's it's definitely a direction to go to the, the core meaning of what I mean. We we have been extraordinarily over overcompensating. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Best. And now I remember when there used to be fix-it shops. Nobody fixes anything anymore. No, they just buy a new one. It, right. And that's fine in America up to a point, but you know we can't. The world is becoming more and more of a unit, and not. 142 separate countries or whatever the exact number is exactly and even going as far back as the 80s when chernobyl happened we suddenly discovered borders don't matter anymore you know there are accidents that can occur now that will affect the entire world it's not like you can just you know oh, we had a we had something that happened in this town and we can cover it up because it'll drift radioactivity yeah. drifts Pollution drifts. Yeah. You can't act like nobody lives downstream from you or upstream from you. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's, one. <laughs> and this year, you know, as long as we're sticking, go back to the retrograde thing, we have uh, once Mars and Mercury stop going retro, and uh, May 15th, we have Venus going retro. <sighs> I from know. May 15th to June 27th. And I mentioned it because, as I said earlier, Venus and Mars only do this every two years. Venus a little more often. But so these retrogrades are a little more portentous in some ways. So I'm going to say right off the bat, it starts, Venus retro starts at 23 Gemini and ends at 7 Gemini. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying anybody born from around June 1st to about June 14th or 15th, Venus will be retroing over your sun at some point. Yeah. And uh, it's in Gemini. So I'm curious to find out what sort of changes and redoing people will be doing. Maybe they'll be changing the ways they communicate with lovers or with partners. Because Venus is about lovers, it's about one-to-one relationships, about partnerships. Mm-hmm. 
But it's also about beauty and art. And as we talked about the first time I did this program, Venus Retrograde is wonderful for redoing art projects, redoing creativity, rewriting. uh, Searching for antiques actually is a a great use for looking Uh for bargains with Venus. Uh, Yes, I love the bargains. You know what's going to be like the the mayhem of tag shell season too then. So, you know, everybody's going to be scooping stuff up. I love that. And we're going to get right back with, we're going to continue talking about the joys that Venus Retrograde will bring us as well. But first we have to pause for some um, community announcements and what's happening here in the area. So we're going to be right back. This is, uh, you're listening to What's Your Sign? I have your number and I'm your host, Sharita Starr. My guest today is astrologer Anthony S. Pico, and we are rejoicing in retrograde. So we're going to be right back with Anthony. All right, what's happening? We got a little PSAs for you here in the local Berkshire community. We've got the Bob Weir Solo Acoustic coming up. Uh, and uh, of course, I always find these. I love how my, my PSAs align with what I'm doing. We are pleased to announce that the rescheduled date for the Bob Weir Acoustic Solo has been released. <laughs> Apparently, they must have done this, wanted to do this a couple weeks ago. But um, the rescheduled date is the 29th of April, 8 p.m. at the Colonial Theater in Pittsfield, Mass. If you have the tickets, please, that you already have, please keep them. All the tickets will be automatically transferred over to this new date. Your tickets will remain the same. Tickets for any uh, available seats will be on sale 10 a.m. Oh, this was back from like December. That was when it was Mercury retrograde last time, the beginning of December. That's really funny. I love the way the universe works. Well, anyway, so these were your tickets that if you had for December 1st of 2011, same tickets are still going to apply. So you can call 413-997-4444, or you can also pop online and uh, check them out at www.thecolonialtheater.org. If you have a scheduling conflict and would like a refund or an exchange, you can you can also contact the ticket office. Again, that number, 413 4444 and um there you go so and their direct email is info at the colonial theater.org so that's the bob weir solo acoustic coming up rescheduled on the 29th of april 8 p.m colonial theater and then we have a oh it's spring got to celebrate the berkshire botanical gardens 35th annual plant sale that's coming up friday may 11th from 11 a.m to 5 and then again that saturday on may 12th 9 a.m to 5 5 p.m that's going to be featuring 5,000 annuals and perennials shrubs trees wildflowers and grasses for northeastern gardens organized by habitat and the Mother's Day is a perfect time for some Mother Day, Mother's Day gifts, antiques, vintage, modern items for the garden and the patio, and free expert plant advice. Uh, the container design station, tag sale, great food. And that's all going on. That's just before Venus is going to go retrograde. So that's going to be a great time to find some, some goodies. Um, I can tell you that. And you can contact for more information, uh, R Paro which is R-P-A-R-O-W at the Berkshire, at BerkshireBotanical.org. Again, R-P-A-R-O, P-A-R-O-W at BerkshireBotanical.org. And that's the Berkshire Botanical Gardens 35th annual plant sale on Friday, May 11th and Saturday, May 12th. Wonderful. All sorts of good things happening there. Yes, yes, yes. So I welcome you back to the second half of What's Your Sign? I have your number. I'm your host, Sharita Starr. Today, my fabulous guest is my wonderful friend and colleague, astrologer Anthony S. Pico. He comes from us um, uh, down from New York City. He also has um, online, you can check out www.cosmictuesdays is a fantastic uh, collection of writing that he has compiled there. Um, That's where you can find Anthony on the web and find out more information about him. So welcome back to the Retro grade rejoice (laughs) i want to point out uh, a particular website of a friend of both of ours that uh, would be very helpful if you're not a professional astrologer but you just want to know what the planets are doing um kirk khan uh an astrologer in the new york city area put together a website called www.planetwatcher.com okay cool if you go to that site the first thing you get is a chart showing you exactly where every planet is right this very second 
So if you're curious, if you're not big on astrology, but maybe you have your chart and you're saying, oh, my 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 Virgo, my chart is at eight degrees. I wonder if Mars is near that right now. And it is. Then, <laughs> then you can actually go back and forward by hour by hour, day by day, month by month. So oh, you can nice. actually have a very live active uh, website that you can play with uh, to find out planetary positions at that exact moment. So I just want to mention that since we're talking about people checking their charts for what's going on mm -hmm. with that. That's right. Now, um, so we were we were on the Venus retrograde and uh, yes, and yes, what, what 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 what's she up to? What's she going to be up to? Um, well, so we doing it in Gemini. So uh, it's funny because Venus is not always completely comfortable in Gemini. No, she's not. She's yeah. very non-committal in Gemini. So, <laughs> She don't know what, what she wants to commit to in Gemini. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there'd be some confusion in communications and relationships or just perhaps a bit lighthearted relationships, but not anything too seriously. No, you know, I, even when I see in somebody's chart, like they could have Venus in any sign, right? But the, the Venus falls in the third house, same deal. They don't know where to commit. They're not the most uh, loyal person in the bunch, the, the, you know. Like they could be in a relationship and they would stray. I've seen this time and time again because the third house in the chart, of course, is governed by, by Gemini. So I, I see that a lot in people's, um, depending on, it doesn't matter if Venus is whatever sign she's natally placed in. If her, if your Venus falls in the third house, sometimes you have a little bit of challenge with, you know, being loyal. <laughs> I definitely well, noticed that. <laughs> that's, definitely, that's definitely a possibility. The other side of that though, sometimes is, uh, <clears throat> I find people with that kind of a placement, if they're in a relationship with a person who is, uh, how to put this, multifaceted, it's almost like they're connected to somebody who's like four or five different people at once. Yeah. That can keep them interested. So it all depends upon the nature. Of who of, they choose as the partner. Yeah. yeah and what kind of relationship yep. they set up. Mm -hmm. If uh, Venus, any connection like that with Venus and Gemini or the third house, if they have a looser relationship, they could be married, but maybe he does goes somewhere else at night, she goes somewhere else at night, and they meet up together, and they have that common meeting, and they bring each other information from different things they're doing, almost like a two-headed kind of a yeah. learning experience. Then that, that kind of a Venus can work out well, because I don't want people running to their boyfriends or girlfriends' charts and going, Venus in the third house, that bastard, you know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, we're not giving it a total bad rap, but it, it, it's it's funny that it's a tendency that I've seen with it. Doesn't mean yes. that everybody's free will chooses that, mind you. Yes, Because uh, it's all about free will. We're not judging anybody here. <laughs> but, you know, there's a curiosity with the Venus in Gemini, that's for sure. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, an innate yeah. curiosity. Um, Even if you're not talking one to one, they will be very social. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're and almost seemingly flirtatious. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're very free spirited. You know, not not shy by any means. Um, you know, not 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 blocked. Um, you know, and their their square partner of uh, Venus and Virgo would be a totally different ball game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, so Venus in retrograde. Now, would you also recommend under a Venus retrograde that you wouldn't want to make huge financial moves in your life? Like, let's say like, you know, you wanted to, you know, look at your, whatever your portfolio, or you've, you've got some things you want to place, um, you know, maybe in something that draws a little wealth to your life. Um, but the Venus retrograde would not be a time to make the move, but it would be a time to review all of those types of things. It certainly might be a good time, particularly, you know, given the housing market the last few years, anybody out there uh, refinancing their mortgage, mm -hmm. you know, that's this would be a perfect time to set that in motion or even to sign those papers. Uh, when and when I say that time, we're talking May 15th to uh, June 27th for Venus Retrograde. Yeah. That would be a good time because you'd be reassessing what's going on. Again, that re. Yeah, re you're getting re the redone. Yeah. You know, so, but would I want to suddenly begin a new financial investment? No, not necessarily. Yeah. Would I want to suddenly buy a huge purchase that I was uncertain about or that I, no, I'd probably hold off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they think they also say, uh, yeah, luxury purchases, not wise under Venus retrograde, but the bargains scoop them up. I mean, yeah, because it's, the, that is a great time to find, 
something that is worth a lot more than it is for a lot less than you actually have to pay for it. So, and I also uh, have have noticed a, the, a trend under Venus retrograde is it's not a good time to p- like pick a new hairdresser or um, you know get some plastic surgery done or uh, do any. You don't want to um, move forward with positive beauty enhancements because that doesn't necessarily always go well under a Venus retrograde either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, we're talking but about those art projects can be totally a, a source of joy. <laughs> and, and so would consignment shops, used yeah. shops, used bookstores, antique yep. stores, junk shops, you know, cause if anybody enjoys that kind of a thing, you know, the joy of just discovering something mm-hmm. that, you know, I can't believe it's only a dollar. They don't know what they have and they spend their buck and run home with it. And they're not- <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of thing that Venus in retrograde is really good with finding and recovering, rediscovering things that are more valuable than people realize they are, um, are all potential good uses of Venus retrograde for those few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And for that matter, uh, although it is retro, it's in Gemini. If you have a relationship that's having trouble, it certainly could be a good time for the two of you to reassess that relationship, Mm -hmm. communicate, and talk about specifically anything from the past that hasn't been settled yet yeah be a good time for that um and again with venus just to remind people we're talking about close personal relationships this could be it doesn't have to be a lover it could be a a dear friend you've had for years and maybe Mm -hmm. it's getting weird with them it could be a business partner any kind of a partner yeah we're not talking about acquaintances like group friends like oh i hang out with those 20 people every week you know no yeah what you're doing the one-on-ones with yeah which, which is you know the, the symbolism of venus is it's the one planet closest to the earth mars is, is close so venus is really about one-to-one closeness mm-hmm. and uh, partnerships in a way yeah. so um but i do want to mention a couple of things coming up later on in the year because uh one a point i'm really fascinated with mercury goes retrograde again in july 14th to august 8th mm-hmm. much more interesting november 6th is the next time after that that mercury goes retrograde guess what <laughs> that's election day oh that would be fun <laughs> oh dear oh I, you think we're gonna get a revote machines malfunctioning oh yeah it's certainly going to be interesting particularly because it's the day it kicks in so oh and it's like off the see to me i find with mercury retrogrades is that when it's approaching the station which means that's when mercury is actually moving the slowest right exactly and, and and when you've got the planet of communication like barely moving up there things really get chaotic and then once you get into the retrograde it kind of like it still creates its whatever but it, it eases off a little bit and then when it goes back to slowing down again to station before it moves direct those are like to me the day surrounding the point of retrograde and the point of going direct are the trickier ones and oh boy, if oh yes, you're absolutely right. If we're doing that on election day, that's going to be not so fun for yeah, all that stuff. Strongest, <laughs> it's, it's the strongest day, and, and to help people understand what part what Shreed is talking about, imagine if you're uh, you have a can of spray paint, and you're spraying along the wall, then you slow down and stop, and then go back. Well, that spot where you're stopping, all the paint is going to be glopping like crazy because mm. even though you're spraying at an equal rate, so um, that's the period when both when it's stationary retro, which is what Mercury will be doing on election day, or when it's stationary direct, that's when that energy is strongest. Yep. So uh, we've already had issues with elections the last uh, few presidential elections. I'm not going to name names. That's right. I mean, it's certainly, I certainly could see, I'm not risking making a prediction, Re-election would make sense with Mercury retro. Oh my God! Um, but I don't know. I'm not. No, we don't know. We don't want to know. No, we do want to know. But <laughs> it'll be. Um, well, that'll be. That'll be fascinating. So Mercury's going to be. Uh, oh, that'll be in Sag- early in Sagittarius too. Mercury Sag. So it's going to be retro in actually one of the more expansive signs. Yeah, and then it's going to go back into. Uh, oh no no. 
you know, no, later. It, I mean, not next, maybe like five or six days after the election, a week or so after. Yeah, it goes back into Scorpio. Yeah. Because November 26th, when it goes direct, it'll be at 18 degrees Scorpio. Mm. So we'll spend, so it could be interesting that what, what could start as a lighthearted fight or argument about results in Sag could back right into Scorpio. And you could get some really intense, passionate stuff going on before this election. Yeah, and and Saturn will have moved into Scorpio by then, so that's going to be... Um, oh, geez, that's right. I hadn't even thought that'll of That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you know, we've been waiting for Saturn to go into Scorpio. So, yeah. Well, speaking of Saturn, he's our other planet right now that, that's up there. And, you know, like you were saying before, the outer planets, they retrograde half the year Anyway, um, we can't like go all, oh, I can't do anything under Saturn retrograde. No, not, that's not true. But there is an effect that it does want you to, in Saturn's lovely, slow and patient process way, want you to kind of just take some time because he, you know, no matter where Saturn is, is he is retrograding somewhere in your chart or he's affecting an area of your life in your birth chart from your natal chart and from the collective perspective. Um, and of course, Saturn right now is still at the very last degrees of Libra now going retrograde. He started what back in February, the end of January? February 7th. February 7th, oh, February 7th it was. Yep. So, yeah, um, degrees Libra. he was just about to leave Libra. <laughs> They said, excuse me, you got more work to do. I think he was all the way back to what, the 20, 22nd degree, 21st degree? Yeah, June 25th. Yep. And he June 25th. Forward again. And, uh, so him and Venus go forward very close together. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do, although they're, well, actually, they're kind of that, trining each other a little wide. Uh, it's a little wide on the trine, but, but they'll both be in um, trining signs, at least, with yes. Venus and Gemini. And, and, and also because that's also when Mars, uh, a couple of days after that, Mars will move forward and into Libra. Yes. So Mars is done with this Virgo thing, like, you know, because Mars has been in Virgo since the 8th of November. Well, that happens every time that uh, you get the retro every couple of years. Two yeah. years ago, it spent like three months in, in, in Leo. Leo. It did that. Yep. Yeah. It didn't seem to cross over into two signs. It's just doing its thing in one sign only, which, you know, because this Mercury retrograde is going, you know, it's backwards through the first part of Aries and then it's going to go back into Pisces. So, um, you know, we, we get a double kind of a dual way of looking at what needs to be reviewed in our life, depending on um, where our Pisces and Aries sits in the chart. So, but Saturn retrograde, what, what, what do you see about like, what the Saturn retrograde really does for everybody, collectively and individually. Well, you know, Saturn, Saturn in a funny way is is almost a retro planet all by itself. That's right. <laughs> Saturn, you know, Saturn and Jupiter are a pair. And what I always like to say is, Jupiter will buy you another drink and another round. <laughs> yeah. Saturn will tell you, okay, you've had enough. And and so Saturn in general is all about cutting out the crap. And focusing on what's important and what matters, and um, and stop stop going off on tangents. So Saturn, to a certain degree, is already about uh, keeping your assessments going all the time. Not necessarily a reassessment, but always staying on point, staying focused, being practical. Uh, and and cutting to the core of what really matters. Yeah, I always say Saturn is about responsibility, period. Always, and, always in the RE of responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that uh, and people tend to shy away. They go, "Oh my God, Saturn! I don't, you know, it's a pain in the ass." But but really, Saturn is it's about responsibility. And the and the metaphor I like to use is it's your first Saturn return and your late twenties is when you finally become your own authority. You become your own parent. At That's that point. right. Yeah. It's really over you. I mean, they, your parents may or may not be alive, whatever you want to say. But this is metaphysically when you become an adult. And uh, so Saturn backing up um, would even maybe add a little more of a tenor of, of responsibility to it. It might even get a little heavier. Uh, I'm not sure how strongly. I mean, it'll be more interesting combined with that loose trine to Venus. It could bring. It could actually help sober up that Venus retro in Gemini, because Gemini can be very lighthearted. Yes. And, and uh, like a butterfly in a way. And Saturn may say, you know, wait, land on that flower a few more times, butterfly. You're not done yet, you know. So it could help add 
uh, a certain gravitas responsibility to anything that goes on with Venus retrograde in terms of relationships or financial decisions or whatever. What? Uh, so it'll be curious to see what happens. I, I'm not looking for Saturn to go forward because I get my Saturn return uh, a few months after that. So. <laughs> You know, he can take it all the time he wants, you know, <laughs> he ain't moving that fast. <laughs> you know what I, I, I see too with this, um, with the Venus retrograde coming up, which will be in Gemini, is that it's also kind of, you know, allowing everyone uh, in the Gemini area of their life to kind of reassess, see what, what needs to kind of be reworked in that area of the life. Because once that goes forward and gets out of there, later in the year, Jupiter enters Gemini for the next year. So it's kind of like clearing the, the slate for the abundance that Jupiter wants to bring. Because, uh, you know, wherever Jupiter's hanging out, like you say, let's buy another round <laughs> and let's create growth and let's create happy times here. Um, typically, that's what Jupiter is, is about. Um, so I, I would say with, with the Venus retrograde coming up um, the 15th of May through the end of June, um, you're getting a, a like kind of a, 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 a way to prepare yourself and make the space for what Jupiter wants to bring your way, which is going to be coming into that area of the life over the next year. So... It's kind of like a, you know, spring cleaning in that area. You're getting like a little clean out in the area of Gemini in your chart. And then you're going to like totally see like, wow, ooh, look at all this cool stuff that Jupiter's going to do for me. Um, I shouldn't say that Jupiter's going to do for you because the planets don't do anything. Uh, what you're going to do from Jupiter's influence. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a shorthand. You say, well, Mars will tell you to, but it's a shorthand. But before, before we run out of time, I want to bring up a couple of interesting things later in the year, uh, loosely connected to retrograde. Uh, as you know, and any astrologer knows, Pluto and Uranus have been squaring each other. Yes. And um, to help other people understand, Pluto is about deep transformation, uh, and Uranus is about change now, if not yesterday. It's about a certain amount of chaos. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and not knowing where the change is going to come from either. It just yes. comes out of the blue, so to speak. Un- yeah. Unknown changes. Now, I mention it because obviously Pluto squaring Uranus, they both move slowly. It's been going on, oh, maybe the half of last year and, and all of this year. But there, uh, there is a particular date, the middle of July, when um, Pluto is retro and Uranus is retrograde. Yep. They are squaring each other. Mm-hmm. And a grand cross is being made by Mars opposing Gemini from Libra, and then the Moon opposing Pluto from Cancer. Ooh, how fun! One day, <laughs> mid July. Uh, I'm just curious. I mean, Uranus has been responsible for quite a bit of surprises. It went, it went into Uranus. Actually, uh, Uranus went into Aries in April. March of last year, we had the tsunami the yep. day after it happened. Yep. We've been having earthquakes. We've been having the Arab Spring revolutions. Yeah. We've been having sudden disruptions all over the place. Occupy Wall Street kicked in sure later did. on that same year. Yep. Many, many sudden unexpected challenges to the status quo. Yeah. So, well, and, and you've got, you know, Uranus is... Uh, loves to go against the grain and certainly you combo that in the sign of Aries and yeah, the rebellious types of things are around, you know, people want to fight against whatever it is they don't like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now, as I said, Uranus and Jupiter will be squaring themselves all year long, but as astrologers know, when, when you have an ongoing square like that from slow moving planets, you look for other quicker moving planets that might trigger the energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying the 17th with Mars, which is about action, squaring, opposing opposing Uranus and squaring Pluto and squaring the moon. Moon popping in there, just an emotional kind of component to it all. I'd say the 17th of July or mid-July could be a surprising time. And I can't even begin to tell you what that might mean because it's Uranus. And it's That's always right. the unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there. Now, I, I Pluto, think... That Pluto squared Uranus does get touched off a couple other times real quick. On June 11th, uh, Mercury opposes Pluto and squares Uranus. And then in August, on uh, the 15th, Venus gets involved forming a T-square. So they're both going to be touched off a little this year. 
But in particular, I say July 17th seems to be the strongest. And at that point, we're talking retro, both Pluto and Uranus are retrograde. So it'll be curious to see what happens. And I just hope I'm not in the path of the oncoming truck. That's all. <laughs> the runaway no, truck. we get, we'll, we'll con- cancel, clear, delete that because we'll have you back on for that show. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I just popped that up there. Yeah. That's, that's quite the, um, ooh, the moon, yeah. the Mars, the, ooh, yeah. Fun, fun times. Yeah, it can be, but you know, it's, it's, uh, the Native Americans used to talk about how fresh everything was after a thunderstorm. That's you know? right. And they took a metaphysical statement about that. You, thunderstorms may be scary and upsetting or whatever, but they drench the land, they clear the ozone, they refresh everything. So we're potentially, well, we're in for some refreshments later this year, I guess. Well, this is, you know, the, you know, this is the year of the dragon. I mean, you know, this, there's this dynamic things happening this year, you know. There's yes. no doubt about that. Um, and I, I think that that, you know, also because, you know, the year of the dragon relates to J- Jupiter in Gemini to begin with. So I think this little tidbit of the Venus retrograde in Gemini before that, it's going to start to open up what all that is. And then, you know, I always say when we're thinking it's going to be too chaotic, just look to Jupiter and you're going to find where you can have a little, you know, where your optimism can show up. Um, And not that all changes are bad, you know. I mean, changes are here to, to strengthen us. No matter what shows up for humanity right now, you know, we've got Neptune in Pisces now for God knows how long. So, you know, it's going to get, it's going to get, you know, our sympathetic caps are going to have to be on a lot. And you've, the only way to, to really get through it is to love. And then you keep evolving. And that's, you know, me with my lexigrams, um, love to evolve. And there you go. That's it. That's how you get through it. Yeah. And, and I, just a quick, quick thing about Neptune and Pisces. I've been, I've been, been so so doom oriented this this show. No, but it's fine. It's really about that wonderful empathetic connection we all have. So it even suggests we are all more connected right now than we normally are. Mm-hmm. So the chaos that may come up in the summer is something we can all deal with and cope with and connect with each yeah. other about. I I don't think anything's going to come our way that we are not we already know how to handle it. We may not know in this very moment in the here and now how we're going to do it. And and the the fact is that the universe doesn't care how. It's just going to, you know what I mean? It, 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 we If you just keep that positive affirmation that uh, whatever challenge comes my way, I'm, uh, I'm going to get through it. And, and that's it. You know, if you believe that, you're going to win all the time, no matter what comes your way. Um you know, we are, this is the year to expect the unexpected. I mean, we were saying that last year, but this year is uh, like, that's tenfold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no, there is no doubt about it. So is it, is it, is it that time? I think it is that time. Believe it or not. The hour did go by. Yes. As always, fast and furiously. <laughs> So, always a pleasure, Tony, to have you on. And um, for those of you who'd like to check out more about uh, my special guest today, Anthony Espico, you can check out his uh, wonderful blog he has. It's called www.cosmictuesdays.com. And you can find out how to get in touch with him um, for more information on all levels. So, Tony, again, thank you so much. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Be happy to come back when... uh... I, I, I think we're going to plan that in July. Why not? Um, you're, you're my retrograde guest. Tried and true. Okay. <laughs> All right, my dear. Happy spring and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. So thank you again, Tony. That was a, always a, it's always a wonderful show with Tony. We always have a great, always have a great grand old time here on the air. And so we are here. And um, it is uh, almost noontime here at WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. And ooh, I love that noise. And um, WBC, what did I say? It's noontime. <laughs> Mercury's got my tongue. Mercury, uh, yeah, love you. Um, 
Again, noontime here at WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. We are Berkshire Community Radio. We're streaming live on the web at www.berkshireradio.org. And we're going to be back here with What's Your Sign? I have your number. My next show is the 3rd of April. I will have my special guest, filmmaker Iva Peel. She will also be returning to the show to discuss The Road to Quero, an exciting new film about returning to the source of the earth and the mother energy on our planet. So again, happy spring, my wonderful listeners. Uh, This is Sharita Starr, and I bid you a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Tuesday afternoon.